Follow the leader is one of those children's games, I guess. And I remember playing, and yeah, it was okay, as long as you were the leader. But then you'd get some smart aleck that wanted to lead, who was a little more physically capable than you were. And uh, he or she would kind of go places that you had a hard time going and do things that you'd have a hard time doing. And so what usually happens in follow the leader is that it either gets too hard and you drop out, or you just get bored and you drop out. Well, I want to tell you, things haven't changed much as we become adults. You and I have a call to follow Jesus Christ. And I got to tell you, Jesus is not intentionally just trying to make it tough for you, okay? But there will be places where he leads, things to which he calls you, that are going to be challenging. Sometimes they may be a little mundane and boring. We also will be tempted to drop out because it gets too hard or to drop out because it's just a little boring for us. Either way, we're abandoning the call that God has for us in our lives. The ministry fair this morning, one of the reasons we did this is to expose you to some opportunities. None of those things may be for you or for your grace group, okay? There may be other things to which God is calling you. But we wanted you to know that there are opportunities for you to bring your gifts and skills and passions to work alongside other people who have gifts and skills and passions that may be just a little different from yours, but to work alongside them to accomplish something great for the kingdom of God. We want to expose you to that. We want you to know it's there to give you an opportunity to say, okay, Jesus, this is where you're leading. I'm ready to follow. I want to take this step of faith. I want to do something bold and daring, not because, you know, it's not like bungee jumping. I'm just doing it for the thrill of it. I'm doing it for the sake of the kingdom of God. Because what you will discover, and what is a big part of our 40 Days of Community emphasis is this, that serving is a part of your spiritual growth. And serving together is a part of the growth of the body of Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we are considering this morning your word, as we consider the challenge that you have placed before us, some of us, Lord, know that you've placed something in front of us and a calling in front of us, and we, we're kind of turning our backs on it right now. It's, it's a little bit more than we want to bite off. It can test us a little bit, and, and Lord, we're not really sure we want to, want to step up and step out for that. And yet, Lord, we hear this calling. We feel this nudge. And Lord, would you give us both the humility and the courage to take a hold of that for which you've shaped us. We know that there's a world in desperate need of what you have to give. And there are people right here in this body who are in desperate need of encouragement. Lord, if you're calling us to meet those needs, then we want to respond. And so, Lord, give us what we need. Speak to our hearts. Challenge us and change us. For we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. On the border between Jordan and Israel is a large body of water called the Dead Sea. Here's an aerial photo. As you see, the Dead Sea, you'll notice, is towards the the bottom down there. If you look at the top, this other body of water is the Sea of Galilee. Now, connecting the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea is the Jordan River. Somewhere in there is where John baptized Jesus. North of that, there's a lake called Hula. There's water, this fresh water flows down the Sea of Galilee a place that is teeming with life, all kinds of fish. Fishing was a big thing in Jesus' day. It's a big thing right now in the Sea of Galilee. That same fresh water flows into and out of the Sea of Galilee, flows down into the Dead Sea, 
where it basically stops. The Dead Sea has no outlet, unlike the Sea of Galilee. And so this refreshing, life-giving water flows in, but there it simply sits and evaporates. The Dead Sea is eight times saltier than the ocean, and it is full of minerals, which makes it good for something, but not for living organisms. And that's why it's called the Dead Sea. You go to the Sea of Galilee, it's full of fish. You go to the Dead Sea, it's not. It's pretty well dead. Now, what does that have to do with what we've been talking about? Very simple. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you have the living water of Jesus flowing into your life. Springs of living water ought to be spouting up in you and and spreading out to touch the lives of other people. But if we have no outlet, if that water of Christ cannot flow in to and out of us, then unfortunately we end up being a lot like the Dead Sea, stagnant and a little bit lifeless. That is not God's plan for you. That is not God's plan for us as the church. And so as we think about this ministry fair, as we think about flowing out into our community, flowing out to our brothers and sisters, as we think about this outflow, let's keep this picture in mind. This is not what we want of our spiritual lives. We want to be more like the Sea of Galilee. Water coming in, water flowing out, teeming with life rather than like the Dead Sea, who has that life-giving water flowing in, but has nothing to pour out, and therefore just sits and evaporates. May that not be true for our lives. So, what we want to do today is is maybe discover God's plan a little bit. And to do that, um, I've got kind of a sizable chunk of Scripture I'd like us to look at together. So if you have your Bibles... I invite you to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to pick up reading with uh, with verse 12, and we're going to go to verse 27. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we're all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we're all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem seem to be weak are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. 
Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. Heavenly Father, help us to understand and apply this word to our lives. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. From these verses this morning, I would like to help us to see God's plan for us, a plan that involves each one of us serving and all of us serving together. It involves each of us and all of us. So as we discover that plan, one of the first things that we see from the Scripture this morning is that the church is the body of Christ and that each of us is a vital part of that body. The church is, is compared to a body and that each of us is a vital part, an important part, a needed part of that body. When we began our 40 Days of Community Emphasis, if you'll remember the little video clip we showed between uh, Hermie the elf and Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, they both decided to be independent together. And we talked about how, as, as, as a part of the body of Christ, God didn't intend for us to be independent, nor did he even intend for us to be independent together, which many churches do. What he intended was that we be interdependent that we be connected with one another. That is the picture, that is the image that we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In other words, we need each other in order to fulfill the call of Christ. You may have a special calling on your life, but God did not call you to ride out on your, or on your white horse and to save the world on your own. God called you to be part of a body. It is a huge emphasis that we see in the New Testament. This is God's design for us. This is God's plan for us. And as we've said before, and we'll say many more times, we are better together. Trying to do it on our own is not the way God designed it, and it certainly isn't the most efficient or effective way. Now, you may look around at other people and somehow feel that your gifts and your talents don't quite measure up. I can't sing in front of other people. I can't get up and speak in front of other people. I even have a hard time praying in front of other people. Somehow I don't measure up. Somehow they're better than I am. You need to hear once more what the Bible has to say to that kind of attitude because it is prevalent in the church. Let me remind you of what we just read. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it, would, it wouldn't be a part of the body any less. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it wouldn't, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. How different that attitude is than the attitude that looks around and says, I don't measure up. Because I can't do A, B, and C, God can't use me. I don't have an important vital part in the life of the body of Christ. That is not true at all. God has gifted you. God has shaped you. 
And he's, and, he, and he's placed you in the body of Christ. He's put you in the life of his church. And God's plan is for you to express your faith in your actions and for us to do that together. Every part at work and every part important. I got to tell you, other than getting a haircut or shaving, there's not a lot of my body I want to cut off. Okay? That's just it. I like all of it. I like to have a little less of it sometimes, but I'm not cutting anything off. Okay? Every part of the body is important. And as I look around, and, and you know, Paul's analogy, he looks around and says, you know, the, the eye can do so much. And here I am, I'm just an ear. I'm just stuck. And there's two of me over here on each side, and the, but the eyes are out front. Everybody sees the eyes. Everybody comments on the eyes. The eyes, oh, this is so wonderful. And the ears are sitting here getting really, really jealous because nobody's saying, oh, man, what great ears you have. Unless you're Little Red Riding Hood and the wolf thing. You know, nobody's saying that. And so Paul is trying to be kind of humorous here to help us to understand a very important point, that there is no unimportant part, that all parts are important and God has shaped us and put us together for a vital purpose to fulfill his mission. The second thing that we learn from here, the second truth as we fulfill God's plan is that none of us can fulfill the work of Christ alone. None of us can fulfill the work of Christ alone. Again, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Again, Paul's trying to make it as funny as he can. Paul's trying to get us to get this picture of the body talking to itself saying, yeah, I don't need that part, I don't need that part, I don't need that part, knowing that the very concept is ridiculous. Now, we, we talked about those who looked at others and said, you know what, I don't measure up to them. There's another side of that coin. There are people who look at others and say, you know what, they don't measure up to me. They don't have the gifts I have, and therefore somehow their ministry is not as important as my ministry. That's ridiculous. And it's certainly not biblical. Not everyone can do what you do, but it doesn't mean that what they do is less important. Nor does it mean they're not needed. God shaped you and gifted you for a reason. God shaped them and gifted them for a reason. And instead of saying, well, they don't measure up, the thing to do is to come alongside them and say, listen, how can I help you find that place where God wants you to be in serving Him? Because every part of the body is important. The third thing that we can learn from this as we discover God's plan for us is that this, no one person's ministry is less important than another. Here Paul says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. You need to know that God honors those who do things that are unseen and often unappreciated. God honors those who do things that are unseen and often unappreciated. God sees every nose wiped and every bottom changed in the nursery. And you know what he thinks of it? It's just as valuable 
That's what Pastor Jimmy's doing right now. We don't think of it that way, do we? But God honors that kind of ministry that is virtually unseen, often unappreciated. God appreciates it. There's special honor with that. Any of you who have young children, to know that you can leave your child and to know that they're going to be loved and cared for and taught while you come and worship or you serve in another area, I mean, there's some appreciation that you have, but for most of us, that just goes absolutely unnoticed. God sees those who are plunging toilets and changing light bulbs and picking up gum wrappers. We might have a lot after today in the parking lot. For us, we look at that and it's no big deal. It's unseen. It's unappreciated. But to God, it's a big deal. God, God hears every warm greeting that you give when a person comes through the door on Sunday morning. Every one of them. God sees every friendly handshake, every friendly hug that you give, every smile that you share with someone who comes through that door, and you go, that, that can't be important. It is. It's vitally important. And God sees it, and he honors it. Because you and I have no idea what a person has gone through this morning or this week as they come into this place looking for a little bit of hope, looking for a little bit of love. And when they come in and they see someone who latches onto them and says, I am so glad to see you this morning with a big smile, I got to tell you, it does something. As you go out there and you look at those ministries, you go, my goodness, there's some that really look like dynamic, powerful ministries. You know, go build a house for Habitat of Humanity. It's a great thing to do. You know, go, go help at First Call Presence Center. Great thing to do. All these things are great things to do. And then we walk by and maybe and go, making cookies for refreshments on Sunday morning? How does that compare? I got to tell you. It helps to create the kind of environment that we want here, which is kind of like the den in your home. That is comfortable and inviting and loving. Where you can grab a cup of coffee or some apple juice, pick up a cookie off the table, and catch up with someone you hadn't spoken to in a week. That's the kind of environment we want to create. That's why we set aside 30 minutes on Sunday morning just to fellowship. We want to make it like the den in your home, except maybe with less magazines and clutter. Maybe that's just my den. Okay. But do you see how all these things are important and they fit together? And God honors these things that are often unseen and unappreciated. Finally, We can learn about God's plan this. God's desire is that the body be unified in passion and in compassion. Listen again to what we read. God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for for each other. If one part suffers... 
Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Just as you're you want your physical body to fit together and to work together in unity. That's God's desire for His church. When we come on Sunday mornings or we serve any time other during the week, when we come together, when we gather together, some of you have responsibilities. Thank you for assuming those responsibilities. Some of you are going to grab those bulletins. You're going to stand at that door. You're going to welcome people as they come in. Some of you are going to stand and open doors and greet people as they come in. Some of you can work at the Welcome Center. Some of you can be uh, working with the hospitality ministry on Sunday morning. Some of you can be back teaching Bible studies on Sunday morning. There are all kinds of things that are happening on Sunday morning, practicing up here, working in the sound booth up there, all kinds of things that are happening on Sunday morning. But they are not freestanding things that aren't related. It all ties together. We need to be unified in our passion that we have come together to glorify the head of the body, who is Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And I've got my little chunk over here, my little piece over here, but it all fits together. And so when I'm passing out, when I'm handing out a handout a bulletin as people come in on Sunday morning or helping people find the, the nursery on Sunday morning or, or fixing the coffee on Sunday morning, when I'm doing that kind of thing, I am part of something bigger than myself. I'm part of the body working together to create this environment where people can come together and learn who Jesus is and how he can change their life. And that's a big deal. We need to be unified in our passion But we also need to be unified in our compassion. When one part hurts, the other part hurts with it. When you have a part of your body that hurts, your whole body just goes goes straight to it. You slice your finger, you hit it with a hammer, you stub your toe. Does not your whole body react What about when someone's hurting in your grace group? Should not that body react to come around and rally and reinforce and show that kind of passion? Or if someone gets a promotion or a new job or or maybe they find out they're going to have a baby, should should not the body then react and rejoice? That's what we're learning this morning is that we are connected together as the body of Christ. Every part of us is important. We need to be unified in our passion for Christ and what He's called us to, and in our compassion for one another. As we take a look and figure out how this works functionally, some of it is inward, but some of it is outward. Remember the Dead Sea. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's flowing in. He's flowing in. He's flowing in. He is giving us living waters just streaming into our lives. The question is, what will we do with this as individuals and as grace groups? Are we going to just pool it up and let the life evaporate out of us? Or are we going to say, how has God shaped me? How has God shaped us to serve? Let's get on with it. Let's take the challenge. Let's take a risk.
and be a part of the kingdom work of God. There are ministries in our community. I want to encourage you, check them out. God has shaped you to serve. And those ministries may be the exact place for you. Perhaps you have struggled with an addiction in your life. Perhaps you have struggled because someone in your family has had an addiction and you've seen the turmoil it can cause. You think, well, what has that got to do with ministry? That experience in your life might shape you to go down and help David Chronic at Community Addiction Recovery. Say, hey, listen, how can I come alongside and help this ministry? There are ministries outside the life of our church that are vital. You need to look at those and consider, is God calling me there? But i got to tell you, there's stuff that happens right here inside the walls that's important too. I mentioned some of those this morning. If you're going to be a sponge, if you're going to come and sit and soak, if you're going to let all the blessings pour into your life and just absorb those, then I only have one request, that you give God permission to squeeze you so that you can begin to flow out and share the life that he's poured into you into the lives of other people. And I will make you a promise. The more you pour out, the more he will pour in, and the more real life you will experience.